Welcome to Books, Kids, and Creations, a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I am your host, Tracy Bloom, and I feature people from around the world who inspire and uplift future generations with their work. And today, I have the honor of speaking with Kathleen McFerrin. She is a phenomenal author, and she has been on multiple TED Talks. She's also the founder of um, or owner of Strength of Connection and a huge advocate for nonviolence. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Tracy. It's a delight to be here. Yeah, you have done so much, um, in- including these two beautiful books, um, How the Giraffes Found Their Hearts and How the Giraffes Got Their Ears, um, both of which equally beautiful and equally as enjoyable. Um, but how did you get started as a writer? Did you begin more on the path of coaching and being an advocate for nonviolence or was it your music because you're also a composer? How did you get started? Yeah, it's such a great question. I was sort of laughing when, you know, you sent that first question, how did I get started? It's a little hard to say because what I was doing at the time was I was teaching public school and I, as a music teacher from fifth grade through 12th grade. And then I was also a conductor. I was, um, I was working with a professional uh, wind ensemble at the time. And then at the same time in my life, I discovered this process of nonviolent communication. And it was just a way to put some language to this joy that I have in wanting to live my life to help people hear each other and connect. And I, I thought I would do that my whole life through music as a conductor. I just thought this is the perfect metaphor. Everybody plays their instrument in the most beautiful way. They have their own beautiful voice or their, whatever, their, whatever their instrument is. And yet we listen so deeply to one another to create this exquisite music. So I thought I would do that forever. And then this nonviolent communication allowed me to find some words that also fit into some of that. Mm-hmm. And as a conductor, I was in this place of uh, commissioning other composers to write, put, take some children's stories and set them to music, you know, kind of like the Peter and the Wolf genre. And then we would perform them around for kids. And I started running out of stories that I thought were really inspiring. And I wanted some stories that were more dedicated to nonviolence or harmony in the world. And I wrote this big grant project and, and we just couldn't find a writer. To, to do the to write the stories but I knew what I wanted to say and so one morning I just thought either we drop the project or I write something so I got up when my kids were still sleeping and I just wrote a couple stories to try to get the juices flowing and so it's nothing magical but the process was like I think it was there's something that wanted to be said I didn't know how to say it but I just thought I have to get started And I found it fascinating that you chose giraffes because giraffes are these very beautiful, powerful creatures. And, um, you know, you just, you look at them and you just feel at ease and you feel their majesty, but why, from your perspective, why did you gravitate towards having a giraffe as your main character? Um, I wish I could claim that for my own, but in the work of nonviolent communication, which I was also a certified trainer by that time, um, giraffe is the metaphor for um, basically coming from being super connected to our own hearts, our own feelings and needs and the hearts of others. And one of the reasons is giraffe is one of the land animals with the largest heart. The 
I think a giraffe heart. I should have looked this up ahead of time, but I think it's like 26 pounds. It's so big because they have to pump all of that blood way up to their heads. Elephant heart is a little bigger, but it, it represents, you know, the heart where the things that we care about in the world are, are located in the heart. And the giraffes also have these really long necks. And so we can have a view, like here's a view of what's happening. We can see the consequences of our actions. And, oh, maybe think about how that's going to happen. And also the idea of sticking your neck out for what you believe in is that our vulnerability is actually our strength. Yeah, there's so, that much, courage. so much symbolism in your books. Um, and I guess with the, the heart, you know, the, the book where the giraffe is searching for something to fill his chest and he goes and he's searching and searching and not knowing about that love and that essence of, love. Um, and I love that you tied it into music and you bring it all home with this giraffe. You know, he's trying to find essentially what makes him happy. And then he connects back to his own sense of self and he hears the boy's music and he falls in love. And it's just, it's such a very beautiful story. And I was just equally captivated by the illustrations too, because they're just so, um, I don't know how to even describe them. They're just stunning. How did you, how did you find your illustrator? Um, I, when I was a music conductor on the board of directors, um, one of them had known Kenneth Schrag and we were looking for an illustrator for the cover of our CD because these stories were first set to music, right? And not put into books that happened years later. And so I just thought his work was amazing and thought, oh, one day I would love to see them in books. And I have a sense of the stories that the stories, the words themselves seem bland to me. Hmm. And so, but when they're put to music and they come to life, or, but when the illustrations happen, that's like when, that's what they needed in order to like almost breathe life into the, into the words it's just not complete without the beautiful illustrations right and there was just I mean there's so much where you know he's trying to be fulfilled and I love that how it was illustrated with him breathing in the stars and the calmness of the night sky and then him blowing it all out and then you know the water inside and you know maybe you need vegetables inside maybe you need all these other things and it was just so well done every piece of it was well done um and then the other book with the ears one of the main things I loved about it was just how you describe each ear you know because like you think about people too wishing that they had something different about their bodies and then the giraffe is you know he's saying oh I can hear everything I can hear the roots in the ground. I can hear, you know, everything, the rain in Egypt. It was just, it was so pretty to vision, envision all this. Um, did you, did you research animal ears and like the different ways that different animals hear things? I wish, I wish I could say yes, but I didn't. I really was on it. I'm just going to write these books and see what comes out at the moment when that's, when that happened. Um, but part of what is a, what I love about the, you know, what do I have inside and, and what kind of ears is that there's so much incredible diversity on the planet and our experiences are unique and really precious to each one of us. 
we don't all want to have giraffe ears. Yeah. We don't all want to have elephant ears. We don't all want to have mouse ears. That we, I want to respect and have the dignity for each one, but it's that finding what's true for me. Like, what's my authentic voice? What's my purpose in life? What is my song? What is, what is it that I want to pay attention to that I'm hoping the books can really help support uh, young children and, and all of us actually in just finding what is our true essence? Because I believe that when we each come forth with that, just like in a music ensemble, nobody else can play the French horn or the violin or the flute except those players. And when they just come in their full power, it's exquisitely beautiful and all the rest of us are strong. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very harmonious. And you, you again, did such a good job with capturing this the journey of this giraffe trying to find an experiment and and then in the end he finds what's right for him but it also makes him appreciate who he is and what he has and finding what's right for him or her I guess I didn't really understand or even think about the gender of the giraffe (laughs) well I do want to mention that is that I use the the word Jordan because that's actually it's it's my child's name and I you know I did ask permission (laughs) at the younger age when I was writing it yeah Um, but it's also a name that can apply to all of us no matter how we identify Mm -hmm. and the illustrations too we were really hoping to make them um, gender fluid so it was just all inclusive yeah you did such a good job and um I and I know that you've done a lot of workshops as well so you do workshops with do you do workshops with children and adults Yes, whoever is interested. Sometimes I, one of the very first ones I did was a, a school brought me in and it was even before I was certified and and it was family. So the children were there and it was a Waldorf school and the parents and the children got it immediately. They know, they understand that when we talk about the things that are important, that things go better. And the parents started to grieve and just, they we have so much to unlearn. And it's just getting back to our roots, getting back to our natural ears, getting back to our natural hearts, children, adults. Um, yeah, they're very young to people who are uh, about to die and want to make peace with their family. So yeah, people in prison I've worked with, people yeah. overseas, CEOs, people who don't have shelter, um, all different races. It's just like this common thing that we have in our humanities. When we listen to each other, all of that kind of unfolds and we can really see, oh yeah, we have our differences that we can celebrate and there's so much, we're on the same team. Yeah, I and I was reading, you know, on your, your website for the strength of connection, your mission um, about replacing violence with acts of peace and love and kindness to create a world of unity. Um, you've stated it much better on your website, but. <laughs> yeah, thank you, I, lo- I love that that summary. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so powerful. And I can absolutely see why people would want to have you come and talk to their students or talk to families or talk to anybody about, you know, the strength of connection. And um, what are some, what are some other things that you do in your, I guess, in your day-to-day with your organization? Yeah. Thank you. It's, it's interesting because it seems it's not different than what most people do with their day to day is we try to make the world a better place. We try to make the world a safer place, a kinder place, a, a place where we're contributing and have meaning in our life. And so I used to 
I used to think, wow, do I, do I save the whales? Do I work with the environment? Do I do nuclear disarmament? Do I just put all my energy into the arts, which I did for a while because it's our universal language. And once I discovered that, that every change that happens, happens because of a conversation. And so if I could impact the quality of those conversations, I could support families in being more connected. I could support businesses in running more efficiently. I could support us, you know, whatever conflict comes up because we care about things. Like conflict is really a great thing because it lets us know what's important. But if we can navigate conflict, which we do really well most of the time, but if we can navigate it when it gets hard, then I think we can do anything on the planet. And so what I do through my, my business is I really support any requests that come in if, if, as people come in, like help us in our business, create some sort of system so that we can navigate conflict or come and work with our um, spiritual community or our neighborhood or whatever the workshop is and help us understand how do we parent more nonviolently? How do we be more connected to our kids? Or how do we support people as they're going through their end stage of life to yeah. being connected and part of their family? Or how do I talk to my neighbor when we have different politics? Oh, do, yeah. What do I do in the classroom? I mean, the kids are always like, but on the buses, they're pushing me around. Great. How do we do that? Yeah, so, that's such an important topic, especially with bullying and yeah. Trying to teach children at an early age of acceptance for all and, and honoring everyone's differences and body types and upbringings. Like it's such a powerful thing that you do. And I guess that's kind of your, that's your ears. <laughs> it's my ears. Listening is one piece. So the heart represents one, one of those things that we can do is I need to be, I need to know myself. I need to know what I care about in this world and what I, where I want to put my energy. So I have to be deeply connected to my heart. Yeah. And I also want to be able to hear what other people care about and what they're deeply connected to. Yeah. And that's not enough. Unfortunately, I only two books at this time, but I'm, I'm in the process of writing a third because we also need that third piece. We have to be able to speak to what matters. We have to be able to not be silent. We have to be able to speak with love fierce love and with care and our true honesty about what really matters and what doesn't. And so I, for me, I think we need all of those components being connected, being able to speak to what matters with love and fierceness and strength, as well as to really be able to deeply hear. Yeah. So, so still working on book, it. is it, is it coming this year or is it kind of, is it just in the works? It's, it's in the works. It's in the writing phase. And so the illustration publication phase, but, but this will inspire me actually to, to move forward with it some more. We just really need to be able to speak, particularly right now in this world. We have to have people who speak to stop harm and to bring about what we do want rather than what we don't want. We want yeah. love. We want kindness. We want creativity. We want people to flourish and thrive. And there's so much each person has to offer. Yeah, I could even see it as like, um, like a children's play, like a musical or play. Wow, Tracy, will you write that for us? <laughs> so that would be amazing. I've, I've written one play. And it's not I, I wrote it, but I haven't done anything with it. I've put it out there a few places. But yeah, oh. I but I could see like, even with um, 
I think just the musical components that you offer and just the powerful, like the powerful elements of the story and the giraffe finding these things and trying these things, it would just make a super cute little little play or big play for oh I love it I love it and people could then talk about the particular they could make it their particular things that are happening in their school or their classroom or their community their family and they could write those pieces into a template and then it would become really personalized for that community that would be that's really cool it'd be fun (laughs) so do you have anything on the horizon as far as um new workshops or school visits or Anything else that you're planning for this year? That is such a good question. And my work usually takes place in person. I usually travel internationally for my work. And so the last two years, everything has been shut down in person, which is what I love. There's something about being in the room, you know, and we can feel each other and we can see each other. And there's this field that gets created that we get to play in. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really, really missing that. Um, I'm starting up in a couple weeks to start my first in-person retreat in two years. And it's on the books right now to be in France and Germany and Poland and Slovenia and Montenegro through the fall. Um, But, you know, we're still kind of waiting to see COVID wise and everything, if that's going to happen. So that's the plan at the moment. And then to be back in the States and, and open more for school school visitations and workshops but I do them on zoom as well so that's been ongoing yeah the zoom is it it works but there's there's just nothing like the the in-person visits with schools um yeah I did one on Friday and fun the questions that you get from kids and the hugs and the but I hadn't done any in-person ones either for quite some time. And this year I just started doing them again because COVID, you know, it was just, okay, we'll be be on zoom and we'll talk and we'll share. And yeah. Mm. yeah. So you must've cultivated a lot of zoom skills (laughs) to to do that level of connection. It is a different art form, isn't it? It is. It is. And to keep the attention. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's different, but you know, we adapt and we, we do what we can to keep things moving and just keep the connections and keep, you know, sharing our stories. Yeah. And I think one thing I like about in-person is there's all these things that happen as people are wiggling around and their eyes get big or they reach for something nearby. There's all this creativity happening simultaneously in a room. And then when it's happening, we could, you know, we can center other people besides ourselves, you know, as a facilitator, I don't like actually to have a lot of attention on me. I like to have the attention on what's happening in the room. It's so much harder on zoom, but that's the piece of community is like, Oh, I'm noticing the gifts that you're bringing and the gifts that you're bringing. And this is a good idea. Let's, let's follow this person at the moment. And that generates another idea over here. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that no matter what medium you're presenting or speaking in, you're reaching tons of children and inspiring, you know, this, this greatness of a future generation. So I guess if you had any um, words of wisdom for future generations, what were, what would those be? I have a question for the future generation, which I've just started asking. And the question is, 
um, particularly for those in their teens, 20s, 30s, is how do you want me to spend the rest of my life hmm. to help create the kind of world that you want to live in? Um, and I really want to take the lead from those generations. And what is it that you want for the world? And what can I do with, you know, until my last breath, what can I do to create a world where you can thrive and a world where you can be safe and a world where you can create and you can have the kind of meaningful life that you want? So, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's the words of wisdom to my generation. It's like, please start asking and listening, deeply listening to those who are our new leaders. What can we do? Because we have a lot of resources at our time in our lives. You know, we have a lot of resources. We have a lot of wisdom. We have a lot of experience. So we have to take the lead of other people as how do we best use those? Yes. Yeah, that's great. I mean, you don't even think about the response being, what can I do to make the, your future better? I mean, most of the time it's, um, I don't think that a lot of people think about um, the future generations to come and, and the imprint that we make, you know, in those decades before them mm -hmm. on the planet and on everything, the world around us. So that's such a yeah. powerful answer. I love that. Mm. Well, I'm completely in awe of the wisdom that that are that those who are younger than I am bring. I'm completely in awe of that wisdom, and so I I really want them to follow it. But I also one of them told me the answer. She said, "Get other people of your generation to ask that question." I said, "What can I do?" And they're like, "So this is it. Here I am. <laughs> Please ask that question. Follow the lead." Yeah, that's wonderful. Work together, collaborate. We can do it. Yes. Yes. Well, Kathleen, it's been so great having you here today. And I am so in love with your books. I hope that many people go out and buy these books. They're stunning. They're beautiful. They're heartwarming. And there's drafts. <laughs> Tracy, thank you. I'm really deeply touched by your enthusiasm and just reaching out and really grateful. So thank you and all the best to you and the what you bring to the world through your books and through your art and through your presence is really an incredible, incredible thing. So thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.